Welcome to episode 39 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and back after his long excursion is our own prodigal son, Matthew Aguilar, <laughs> back what on up? the couch, my co-host here. And today we have a new face to show and share with you. He's come to finally face the people on the couch. <laughs> our own Mr. Like Gaming Guru over here, Tanner Deadman. I'm really excited to see Tanner like get in on some of the arguments that will most inevitably pop up today. Are you saying we're that, that's like the softest shell for this? Oh, stop! Just stop. You yeah. soft shell in his show. You just like we haven't even kicked off everything in that like lackluster beginning we're going with. God, what? God, Jim. Yeah. Anyway, so Tanner is our gaming expert here, and he's here today because we actually have a lot to talk about on the gaming front. Because as we speak, E3 2019 is unfolding. And so Tanner's going to be here to help us break down all the cool stuff you guys should be checking out on Comic Book Gaming, because there are some big things happening right now, and some pretty fun things. Uh, yeah, even before we came in here, we had people in this office losing their mind over some Super Smash Brothers yep. nonsense, so we're going to talk about all of that and more as so, we well, go on. through. So much so that Kofi walked off and into a different room, that's how. Well, I so, walked yeah. off into yeah. a different room because I was trying to sit <laughs> under a monitor where people were yelling at me for standing up. That's like, true, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I was just like this, and it was blaring, and people are screaming because of video game stuff, and I was just like, okay. I, Everything stops for Nintendo. Everything I, stops I, for Nintendo. I mean, yeah. yes, but I still have to do this thing called my work. <laughs> Megan had to go still. to a different room, but that was just because to conceal like her excitement. Yeah, yeah was, <laughs> it, it gets a little out of control some here, some Sometimes here, but that's a whole different story, and usually for my therapist. So, <laughs> moving right along to what we're going to be covering today, besides gaming, we have a couple things to talk about on the movie front. We got a new trailer for Disney's Frozen 2. We got an update about Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek movie. And we have to have a talk about what happened with X Men Dark Phoenix and what it might mean for the future of the X Men and the MCU. So, starting right at the top, since Matthew Aguilar is back, we're going to start with your favorite subject, the world of Disney. Frozen! We got a new trailer, <laughs> the full trailer for Frozen 2. We had first had this kind of uh, ominous teaser where Elsa's basically like trying to get off what looks like an island or something and get across an ocean. And this new trailer kind of picks up with that and gives us a little bit more. And you and I were talking before the show. I haven't seen Frozen. I'm not like a big Disney guy. I think that comes out on this podcast quite often lately. But um, this was a good trailer, like a really good trailer. It's kind of dark. It's, it's familiar with all the Frozen World stuff. It's kind of dark and ominous in a way, but not too scary. It, it just kind of sets up a very kind of fairy tale, classic fairy tale, mystical adventure, but the good kind of adventure, the German kind or the Russian folktale yeah. kind where you might die or children might die, you know? It's dark enough. It's, yeah. it's You wouldn't call it mature, you know? It's yeah. not that high, but yeah, it's like right in that sweet spot. And, you know, they there's a lot of, like my only thing with the trailer, uh, and it was actually kind of cool watching you watch the trailer because like the first part of it is old footage it's footage we've seen we've seen her going up the the wave the wave trying, and everything yeah, across this ocean but then once you drop in the rest of it is pretty new i mean most of the rest of that stuff is actually new like her and, and of course there's never enough olaf in these trailers for me uh but seeing them slide down but like this story of potentially finding out you know what happened to the parents if, if there's more to that seeing them go outside of just the ice 
typical uh, landscapes that were in the first one and seeing like that gorgeous forest and, and like all the even the more like not supernatural, but like the more epic stuff towards the end with like the cloud doors and all that. Yeah, stuff. it looks really cool. But yeah, there's just enough of that dark tone to give it some weight and you don't feel like, oh, it, none of this is this is inconsequential. They'll be fine by the end of it. There's just enough tension. Yeah. And, and like I said, it reminded me of like an Amblin entertainment movie in the sense that it's like four kids, but there's enough element of danger and like death and danger on the sidelines that to make it exciting yeah. and to make it thrilling. So, yeah, this was a great kind of first way to kind of set up Frozen 2. And I think it's going to play well, especially in theaters. I think this will be a great kind of theatrical one because it really does kind of command your attention. And the visuals look spectacular. And the designs of like some of these creatures, like there's the horse in the water kind of image, the big golem thing at the end. And those like, like pink, it's yeah. like those pink flowers or whatever. Yeah. That, and then they dizzy into, yeah, it's it's beautiful. But especially compared to the first Frozen because I, I, you know, I did see Frozen. I'm not as big a fan as you, I'm sure, but... I did see Frozen, and I watched this trailer, and I was like, am I watching the right trailer? Because it was pretty dark. <laughs> I had yeah. to look at it again and think, is this, did I miss something in the Frozen universe? Why, how, you know, how did we get here? But It is a step in that yeah. direction. Well, yeah. the, the crazy thing about it is, like, the log line, and I think it's even mentioned in the trailer itself, like, you know, Elsa had to conceal her, you know, conceal her powers, but now it's like... Uh, that was the worst line. <laughs> he, he's literally behind me <laughs> quoting that line. I, I know what he's going to say. I quoted the line how it was going to go, paused it, looked to Matt and said, is this going yeah. to say this? And then he was just like, and I played it. And I was like, yep. We were worried her powers were too great for this world. Now we're worried they won't be enough. It is effective, though. <laughs> it's effective. It's effective. I mean, at least you know, you know you yeah, what you're getting. It sets yeah. up. You Elsa has getting. something heroic to do, and it's all going to flip around and... You hated me, now you're going to need me, like all that stuff. I got it. I got it. But it was just... That's pretty much the title to a future song, which yeah. you just said. <laughs> you hated me, but now you need me. Suck it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. That's what they do for Disney songs, right? We need more of that in yeah. the show. You singing jingles. Singing jingles? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope the ad money doesn't run out. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise that'll be what I do. We'll have a, um, we'll have a musical. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm strangely like... I won't say, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm in until my daughter kind of clicks around to Disney princesses and, and drags me in, then I'll be yeah. in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in in the senses, I, I wouldn't write this off as much as I write off many others. I was going to say, so you're more, like, you would, like I'd, you would I'm at least in consider? For this. Yeah, I'm in for this over Toy Story okay, 4. that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story. I mean, we know he hates. Don't well, not hate. I don't hate. You just don't. Story, you, yeah. just, you have no. And I don't hate on anybody who enjoys these things. I'm not like. <laughs> I'm not like a misanthrope. I don't. I don't like go around to Disney screenings in a troll costume trying to like scratch the screen and yell at children. And <laughs> have stuff. you been stalking like, my Instagram? <laughs> like, no, I mean, I love everybody who enjoys this. I love Disney Magic. I, was, I grew up with it too. It's just that. Yeah, I mean, Toy Story just burned out for me. Yeah, well, like after the first one, I think the first one's a perfect movie. Like full stop. That's all I needed. Like for yeah, that I mean, particular subject matter. Do we need matter. four? I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, that's a like whole separate debate. Two? Yes, I mean, I'll yes, go see it. I'm gonna go see four, no matter what. I love it, but do we need it? No, I no. mean, that's uh, a whole separate debate. You didn't, you didn't think you would until you see it, and then you're gonna be like, oh, that's, oh, right. that's right, that's right. You've, you've seen, seen it. okay, you've that's my story. Okay, okay. I this forgot. Guy? I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I just let anybody in. All right. So, wow, I just let anybody in there now. All right, all right. So. Moving right along. <laughs> After ragging on Jim Miscardi. Um, no, so, Jim, you're vouching for toys. Look, hey, wait, wait, wait. Before we just rag on you, do you, let's hear, let's hear you uh, put that money. Uh, I, do you I think Toy Story wanna, 4 was... will be better than Frozen 2? Oh, whoa. Uh, 
probably not. Okay. But Toy Story 4 <laughs> is good. Like, Toy Story 4 makes me dislike Toy Story 3. I hope we're the, oh. like, I hope you're not breaking any kind of legal no. Disney things. Oh, yeah, we I don't feel like ask. getting assassinated <laughs> like, on this no. thing. Yeah. These are like, basically my, the same as my social sentiments, and it's basically like I was one of the first people to say I didn't, you know, do we need Toy Story 4? And seeing it, yeah, we need Toy Story 4. So, sounds like if you're a Disney fan, you are in for good quite time. a good year because Aladdin surprised and didn't suck. Uh, Frozen 2 is looking good. Jim says Toy Story 4 is good. Yeah, I'll go and, into it more uh, later. Yeah, I'll go into it more I got fingers crossed episode. for Lion King. And fingers oh. crossed for Lion King. All right, so jumping from the happy side of Disney to the dark side of the universe with Quentin go. Tarantino and Star Trek. So, there's been word that Quentin Tarantino is making a Star Trek movie. Now Quentin Tarantino is confirming, yes, he's making a Star Trek movie, and it is going to be a rated R Star Trek movie. Well, all I think you've got to be careful with your words here. He's confirming that there is a script for a Star, Star Trek movie. And that if he made one, it would be rated R, right? Right. Right. I okay. still think that like he may have just written... I feel like this script he wrote in his free time. He wrote it in that his There bedroom. is a script for a Star Trek movie he would like to do. I am still not convinced that Quentin Tarantino is actually doing... Right. Star Trek movie. Well, Star Trek social media is truly split, regardless <laughs> of if it's a, just a script or if someone's I, actually developing. I would love to see it because I think like I think Star Trek is a franchise that kind of needs to go that more director-driven route for installments, as opposed to being that like sanitized, you know, franchise thing that you know we get with some other ones, uh, but. I don't know. I'll be, it'll be curious to see if so, it actually happens. As we're framing this question, that's it. So whether how valid this is is still kind of up in the air. It's like I said, it's been just He's kind of been floating it. around that this could be a thing. Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. He's now saying there's a script mm -hmm. and that his script would be rated R. Okay, we're all accurate. So the question is for the Star Trek fandom: How do you feel about this? Me personally. I love QT, and I'd be curious to see what his kind of unique brand of rapid fire and dialogue and stuff like that, how that would play in a Star Trek film, which has essentially always been an ensemble piece. And Quentin Tarantino could do really great things with ensembles and characters, and especially retro things. So I'd be in for this 100% as somebody who grew up and has loved Star Trek for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, not everybody, safe to say, not everybody feels this way. Uh, are you a big Star Trek fan? I, okay, if you ask me any question about Star Trek, I will embarrass myself because I cannot answer them. But as far as the actual movies, I've seen all of them. And I love the Star Trek movies. I love, like, that contained, you know, I don't need to know anything else about the universe, just okay. that contained experience. Love them. And I love Tarantino, so I will be there on opening weekend if it comes out. I mean, I'm not the biggest, I've never been since, uh... The next generation. That was that was my money spot as far as like when I was the was most like, into Star Trek. That was, that was long, it. That was a long time. ago. It was a long time ago. So since then, like I've dabbled here and there, but never nothing ever really caught me. Discoveries come close, and mostly because Jamie's said things about Discovery, and I'm like, oh, I should go check that out, right? But nothing aside from the movies. I've seen all the movies, the newest ones, and I would go. This would get me to go to the theater just as curiosity, just to go. I want to see what he can do with. Yeah, that be the franchise. biggest hype thing. I mean, thing to hype the brand in you know ever since since like the late two thousands when yeah. it was announced that JJ was doing it, and this would be bigger than that in a sense because of 
you know, Quentin Tarantino's involvement. And just a morbid curiosity to see what yeah. the hell a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie would look like. This would actually reach beyond the brand's current, you know, yeah. reach and go into the mainstream and pull people into the theater who probably a few of which have never seen a Star Trek movie to come sit down and watch this. Even without the R. So if you yeah. add the R in, like without the R, I'm curious enough to go see it. If you throw R in, then it's like, oh my God, like he literally can do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm money. Like, What's I, would like I, I'd say, I would love to see Star Trek go a James Bond type route as far as like how a franchise as is handled this. Um, where like there's still that bit of an ongoing narrative, but like almost all of those movies have their own bit of feel and flair to them. Yeah, um, that I think continues to make those movies interesting. Yeah, and so like just to be clear, what he said is he wouldn't be making this like this wouldn't be Reservoir Dogs Star Trek. Like <laughs> it's not everybody dropping the f word every single second as much as we might we might want it to be. Yeah, it exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I would love it if it was just they just called each other by shirt name like colors, Mister Blue, Mister Yellow, Mister Red Shirt. Like, yeah, that. I mean, great. that would work in Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he said it would basically be so that he would have leeway to do stuff in space that's scary and or would have consequence. So like if somebody got sucked out the air a lot or, you know, a hole got blown in the ship and people got sucked out, like, mm. yeah, they die in space instead of some PG-13 kind of, yeah. you know, work around that. You'd see them, you know, dying in space. Or if there's a Klingon fighting in blades and people get cut and they get disemboweled, like, they're actually getting hurt and dying. Yeah. And so, or if they get shot, they get vaporized, you know what I mean? So, like... There's actual consequences to the sci-fi stuff that's happening in the violent theater of space, yeah. which kind of would make sense. And, yeah, I mean, this isn't just speculation because other cast members of Star Trek have heard about this. Mm -hmm. Like, Zachary Quinto has weighed in and been like, yes. And they're still just trying to wait and see, like, if... It's just kind of one of those weird Hollywood limbo things. We're doing the Schrodinger's cat where this is both alive and dead inside yeah. the box right now. Like... <laughs> A lot of people, there's been interest because of reporting and social media. The Star Trek cast has even like weighed in and been like, yeah, we'll wait and see what this is. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, why not? But uh, yeah, it hasn't officially been put forward yet or greenlit. So that's where we're at. And like I said, I think, I mean, if I were, I think Paramount still has the rights to this. Yeah. Yep. So if I'm Paramount, like I would, because this would be like the biggest, like I said, the biggest thing to do. For the brand, and if it doesn't work, just it's Star Trek. Just shunt it into its own alternate timeline or whatever, and keep moving. But like, I think this would be good. And since the series is having this resurgence on TV, Picard's coming, Discovery's finding its footing. This would be kind of a nice alternative for the movie side. Absolutely. To do. So I agree. It'd be a kind of way to, uh, in the words of Wu Tang, financial diversify your bonds. You know what I mean? Like. Get the franchise some different parts to it. Um, <laughs> Star Wars is almost doing the opposite right now, yeah. which is, you know, they're putting out still these lighthearted movies, but now they're going to TV and it's going to get a little darker with something like The Mandalorian. So you might, might as well just do the opposite of your rival. That's my take. Uh, but all right, we're going to keep you guys updated because that would be one of the more interesting big franchise announcements if this gets pushed through. And uh, I'm pulling for it. So. Yeah, I want it to happen. Yeah. All right, well, moving right along, let's talk about X-Men Dark Phoenix. Matt, you were uh, not here. You had more important life stuff to do <laughs> while we were all coming in on talking about on the last episode about Dark Phoenix and what that movie was. 
And, you know, we were pretty much across the board here saying it was kind of a lackluster movie. I don't think we were too hard on it. Um, it was an ending to X-Men. It wasn't the great big epic finale we all hoped it would be or could be. But um, it was just kind of, like I said, it was a movie with X-Men people. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't the worst of the franchise in our opinion, collective opinion here, but it was definitely not the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like we were nicer to it than a lot of the <laughs> movie-going audience was. Because, Very much so. <laughs> yeah. I think Dark Phoenix on Opie Weekend was like projected for like 50 or 60. Then it was projected for like 40, and then it came in under 40. 30, was it 33? Uh, I forget the exact like number. It was like 30, or something? 30, 33, something like that. It was yeah. not good. It was not good. It was not it was. good at all. So analysts have already kind of gotten, went back to the mats and clicked the calculators and figured out, like, yeah, this movie could lose about $100 million Oof. plus in Oof. terms of the, I mean, just from the, mar- from the marketing and promotion, the reshoots, yeah. like, they poured a lot into this and... It's looking like a big loss for the studio. And I don't usually do I told you so's up here, but as a guy who wrote an article said Fox just like end the X-Men movies now last summer, <laughs> citing things like if this doesn't work, you're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. And which is our now our new subject to talk about, it's going to really screw up the X-Men brand for the foreseeable future, like and just kind of leave people with a lukewarm taste in their mouth about it. And that's going to make it Harder for Marvel to kind of reboot the X-Men within the MCU, which is kind of what we're hearing now. See, I don't see it that way, though. Uh, but we'll get by. I'll let you finish your thing. I mean, there's the way you see it, but then there's, like, the real no, realities like, of I, business. I know. But I'm just telling you what... Yeah. Okay, first, let me just say what they said. Okay. And the kind of message was after, you know, kind of talking about the failures of Dark Phoenix... Basically, that the word coming from Marvel is that Kevin Feige and his team are willing to, quote-unquote, take it slow with kind of rebooting the X-Men with the MCU, yeah. which, to be fair, was not off-brand from what he was saying before yeah, this movie be came out. Yeah, it was supposed to be five years. Yeah, it was supposed to be five years or something like that. Um, but I think before, people were kind of indignant about that. They were heard five years, and they're like, what? Yeah, five years? That's crazy. I got yelled at by people in the zone. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, like, five years, people were feeling kind of crazy about that. Now, it doesn't feel so crazy right now because you're kind of like, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You got to let some. It needs you a gotta break. air out the court. You got to air out this house where somebody has died with all their cats. Like, yeah. you got to in the window <laughs> well, air it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to air it out and kind of re put oh, a slap, man. fresh coat of paint on it. Um, but this is the topic. So, we can debate this. Do you think that. Dark Phoenix has kind of just slowed down the ability to kind of bring the X-Men back in the MCU. Or is that kind of the antithesis? Is it like the antithesis? Is it people are waiting for this? That's why this movie failed. And they're just waiting for this other thing to happen. I mean, I think I think it's more the other because even before this movie came out, you the predominant opinion of this was let's just get this out here. The sooner this releases, the sooner we move on to Marvel actually doing it right. And that's every opinion that I saw going in before it even got box office numbers. But this movie was announced and made before even the inkling of the Disney Fox thing was going to happen. But now the reaction slow over time over the last six months has been. Oh, true. But I would even say even when the movie was announced, people were like. I remember when uh, Scrolls got announced. Do we need this? When people found out Scrolls were going to be involved in some way. 
And it was like, why? And then it was, it came out, Captain Marvel was going to also have scrolls. And everyone was like, oh, okay, well, you know, they're going to use them right. And I guess whatever. Like, it's it's been the prevailing And then they thought. got Captain Marvel and they complained. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. But I think, I think at this point, it's just a, they don't care. This is inconsequential to anything, this movie, whether it's. Whether it's good or not, they know it's not leading anywhere. It's well, done I mean, yeah, and- Dark Phoenix kind of screwed itself and shot itself in the foot because, yeah, a lot of people were saying on the one hand, like, we've seen this story before. It was Last Stand, and it wasn't that great when they did it. And this movie isn't going to matter because right afterwards, we're going right into the MCU. Yeah, the so, slate's being wiped clean. Yeah, so, so like so you don't think it's going to hurt anything at all? I don't think it changes their initial plan. Their initial plan was always, as we had kind of talked about before, they were going to, it was going to be at least five years before you even see these little inklings drop into the MCU because they already had a plan in place before the Fox deal went through. And I, they're I, not. But I, I think five years is too soon. I think it's going to be. I mean, they might. They well, could let's read the quote back. from unnamed producer. There is no rush to bring the X-Men back <laughs> to the marketplace after this. And when they come back, it's going to extend Marvel's run another 10 years. That last part's kind of important mm-hmm. um, because it kind of hints at something we haven't necessarily had insight to before, which is that the X-Men aren't just coming to the MCU as a novelty. It, it's kind of sounding like, it, in a lot of ways, it could be Feige's plan for how to revitalize the Marvel Cinematic Universe franchise if it starts to lose steam. Mm-hmm. Like, now we're in this weird kind of experimental phase of phase four. Right. Like we've blown all these things wide open. Now there's going to be like a big cosmic side we're hearing to the MCU and then an Earth side to it, which is something we've said for years should probably kind of be separated out. There will be smaller events instead of like one large overarching story like the Infinity Stones. So we'll have smaller little event things that kind of play out and end. Um, We have a whole bunch of time to fill in with this big five year time jump after Endgame to all the things that possibly happened and we were discussing before, all these Phase 4 films can actually fit in between, like, I mean, taking in Black Widow to account from the end of Civil War through the events of both Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. There's so much room in there to play with. To and there's the Fantastic Four. I mean, yep. yeah, the Fantastic Four, too, um, who may or may not be attached to the same arc of bringing in the X-Men yeah. or maybe on their own arc, you know, so... We have all these things to play with in Phase 4 that doesn't necessarily need to push the main action of the MCU forward too much before we get to stuff like the sequels, like Black Panther 2, mm-hmm. Captain Mar- uh, not even Captain Marvel 2, but Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. 2, things like that. And so, you know, we don't know how that's going to go over because it's, it's kind of, in a lot of ways, it's like going back to Phase 1 in terms of they got to introduce all these new heroes too, like Shang-Chi, the Eternals. None of these are guaranteed hits yeah. right off the bat. Um, even Nova, it, which mm-hmm. within the fan community is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. huge, real but huge. Yeah. But like in the mainstream audience no and, se- and like selling that whole concept. <laughs> like, yeah, so they got to do all these things. So uh, there's no reason to doubt Marvel at this point because they've taken every other challenge and pretty much crushed it. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is proof positive of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just in case people start to maybe not attach to Shang-Chi or Eternals like they used to, to Iron Man or Captain America, you do have one more ace up your sleeve. And just getting all these Phase 4 films that are already in production out is going to take at least three years. Uh, Yeah, and then kind of building up and getting those other movies ready in production 
you know, another one or two years doesn't seem that long. But if it goes even longer than that and then you're getting in there and long in the tooth and people, the returns aren't coming and the brand isn't as strong, you know, Feige just reaches in his pocket, drops that Wolverine card, yeah. boom, no. and then just starts off the whole thing. Like, all he's like, got to do, like, and, and all you would even need is a post credit scene where all you just heard was the snicked. I mean, that's all yeah. you need. Yes. I mean, and like, uh, honestly, ahead. like, from, I'm a pretty casual X-Men fan. Like, if an X-Men movie is on TV, it's probably going to, you know, it's a background movie for me. I'll leave it on, right? So Dark Phoenix had no interest in seeing it. I didn't even know it came out. I knew it came out when I saw <laughs> it went on Twitter and I saw Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, oh, it, it did come out. Um, but yeah, like, like, you know, like Jim said, seeing Wolverine, seeing anything like that or seeing one of those main, that would get me back in there right away. So I'd like to see it sooner rather than later, even, you know, even if it's five years out. And I, I do think, though, I mean, that's a good point as far as like holding that for your ace in the hole, essentially. And I think if it does get if they get pushed back, it's for that type of reason over anything to do with Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean I, but that's smart. I mean, that would be a very yeah. real option for them to do and be smart. No, I'm not. I don't think Kevin Feige's ever scared. I mean, Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield's mm-hmm. body wasn't even cold. Yeah, I mean, that movie was... Tom Holland. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> I don't even know if he knew. He was like, wait, who? He showed up on set and was like, wait, what? Who's that dude with the shield? Um, but uh, in all seriousness, no. Nah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the X-Men right now is, is something that Feige can hold on to and have a guaranteed trump card to kind of really just get, put some steam back in the MCU whenever needed. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's killed anything for Marvel, but... I think it it just this kind of underperformance does play well into their already established strategy of let's not rush this, yeah. let's hold off on it, like let's people get over the sting of Dark Phoenix, let's do our other stuff and focus on that. Don't get sucked into this right now. Take the Robert Pattinson approach. I was just doing an article about him and Batman. 2017, Robert Pattinson was like, I'm not messing with superhero movies. That sounds kind of crazy. It's eight films. Uh, I don't know. You got to be willing to jump in the machine. How much you want to bet that producer was uh, Laura Schuler Donner? Of what? Who dropped that quote in the the unnamed producer? Oh, the unnamed, un- the unnamed producer. producer? <laughs> Probably. Who because knows? I just say I it because know. like she's come out and distanced herself so far from that movie that like I would imagine that she's like prob- potentially still attached to like other stuff. Yeah. Uh, because like Le- she's still a producer on Legion and stuff like that, that she's like, oh, thank God, the the idiots are out of the out of the room, and now now we'll you know I can ride I can jump on this Marvel train and be happy with it. Could be, I mean, it could very well be her. I I, I don't mess with Lauren Schuler, so I'm not gonna say nothing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be her, but um, yeah. So I think we're all gonna be looking forward to the X Men eventually making their way into the MCU whenever it happens. So yep. Uh, until then, enjoy Dark Phoenix, I guess. Yay. Try to. Try to. Try to I still can't own. believe they put Sophie Turner in that damn maroon trench coat. Well, believe it. It happens. <laughs> because that's a thing that happened. Sansa Stark's having a, having a hard year right now. <laughs> I mean, Game of Thrones reactions, Dark Phoenix reactions, you know. And it's not even her in both projects, right? Because people actually always come out and say, yeah, like, no, she they, was good in them. It's just everything no, around you. I mean, she's the, stepping over bodies characters. left and yeah. right. The characters she has to play. It's, it's like, the, you're good, just the character. Yeah. I mean, she's phasing through like Kitty Pride, man. Like, it doesn't matter. Everybody else oh. is getting stuck on the wall, and she's just like, <laughs> what if I'm going to lock down this Jonas brother? And she just locked down Nick Jonas. <laughs> was like, I'm all right. So, oh, all right. God. So, 
That'll be do it for the X-Men universe. We hardly knew ye. Stay tuned because next, after the break, we are going to break down all the big news that's come out of E3 so far, starting and first and foremost with the trailer for Marvel's The Avengers. So be here for that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, let's talk E3. Tanner, it's your time to shine, my friend. E3. Yeah, we're going to talk about E3 and all the big gaming stuff that's coming out. But uh, let's take a stop collectively first at the big headline that came out of this, which is the trailer for Marvel's Avengers has dropped. We talked about the game on the show a couple episodes back because we were sitting here and just hearing the concept of it, our big question was, is this the next Marvel Spider-Man like um, the PS4 owners got this year, Mm -hmm. which was a very highly acclaimed game, very enjoyable and like really just was the kind of Batman Arkham to Marvel in the sense of taking you and putting you in the hands or the shoes of this character and making this gameplay experience that made you feel like Spider-Man. And how could you do this with team-based play, with all these different Avengers? Would it be, who would the roster be? Kind of all that stuff was floating around in our heads. Would it be a kind of a competitor for Marvel Ultimate Alliance or something like that? Or was it going to pale in comparison? These were all the things we were talking about, right? So now this trailer is out, and the reaction from the internet has been decidedly, uh, let's be, let's say mixed at the best, right? They don't like it. They're not ready to, they're not ready to hate it yet. Not yet. People are still, I mean, people are still holding out hope, but there are those... But we have the knee-jerk reactions of definitely hating this. I feel like it's more like they don't want to hate it because what else do they have? We're giving you yeah. an Avengers game, so it's like, thank, thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like crazy that like Ultimate Alliance, to me, looks like a way better, more fun game than, than this game. Now, to be fair, we haven't seen much about it. I think I just can't the problems get, is that we, just don't, we don't know... Yeah. We don't know what it is because it's you know it's co-op. Yeah, and you get to customize your heroes. But what you know what is what do you do? What does that it's all like, mean? It, it just I looks like a bunch like of dads though. cosplaying. Yeah, is it, it looks like. you know is, is it like a, you know is it going to be like an adventure game? Do we yeah, play like? Yeah, people are Destiny? not liking the character designs. Um, we just saw like game engine footage, right? Right. Like, right. It, it was cutscenes, things, cutscenes, like things yeah, like yeah. that. So the main question about this is still unanswered, which is. Will this somehow take you and put you into the experience of commanding an Avengers team with all their various superpowers and make it feel seamless, flawless, and fun for you to play? Uh, we have no idea about that. I mean, from the snippets of of gameplay mm-hmm. that you right. see in from between, like on the bridge, yeah. right? Because yeah. we saw Iron Man flying around. Yeah, the you see Hulk gameplay. launching yeah, yeah. off the thing that looks right. like a jump, like Black Widow's running. So 
it seems like, right, you pick, and even from their description, it's a it's a co-op game, but you're going to pick one particular Avenger to play as yeah. for that mission. That's what most it seems likely. Like. Yeah. You're not going to swap between, like, Ultimate Alliance. Right, right, right. And then that hero will get loot, most likely. Yeah. You'll get customization pieces during that mission. I'm sure there'll be drops, right? Yeah. And then sure. after the end, you get to customize, so you have that little bit of, like, injustice where you're piecing together kind of some custom yeah. suits. So... If that's the case, the core costumes can be whatever because they're all blah, except for Hulk. I actually think, I think Hulk looks really good. But aside from Hulk's model, everything else looks really blah. I think they're a little worse than blah. But okay. I don't think – I mean, I honestly looked at – Cap looks Avengers like a hockey goalie. Thing. I looked at the Avengers trailer and looked at the Star Wars one and say graphically they look exactly the same as far as power goes. Right. right. I've seen but, people but I mean, the but PS3 like, comparison, and I don't really see the PS3. Like, I think it looks fine. I, I can yeah, get I think, I think it look. looks. It's smooth. The textures are fine right. and smooth. It's the, the actual designs of the costumes. I don't like. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, I get are, that. those, are, I, those are what I have a problem with. I like, feel like that was doomed from the start because, like, okay, the company that made this game made Tomb Raider. They made all the Tomb Raider games, right? Mm -hmm. And we've seen a bunch of different versions of Tomb Raider. It's like, it's yeah. fine. You're used to it by now. Mm -hmm. Right. But, like, Iron Man is, you know, he is the act Robert Downey Jr. He, that, you know, that's it. So... It's like you're gonna see Iron Man. It's not gonna be them, and you're gonna be on. But even Iron Man in the suit looks like something out of Iron Man Adventures. But I think, but I think what they tried to do was straddle the line yeah, between, between the movie comics, and comic, right. and they didn't nail it. Like oh. they they didn't find that sweet spot. So now it looks weird. Right. It looks too far from the movies because you're right. They're not the likenesses aren't there. I'm like, who the hell is that playing Black Widow? Right. It doesn't yeah. look anything like right. I yeah. would expect Widow to look. But Again, with Hulk being the exception, because for some reason I it think looks that like works. Like found a fifty-three-year-old Russian <laughs> on the street. <laughs> yeah. But then it also doesn't have the fun that Ultimate Alliance does, which skews all the way towards the comics. Yeah, and it looks like a living cartoon, and it works. Plus, Ultimate Alliance already has a built-in fan base. And I think that's—I mean, you think you hit the nail on the head. That's what's unsettling about it is like it's this weird, not the comics, not the movie. Attempting to be its own thing, like Marvel Spider-Man was. Yeah. I mean, Marvel Spider-Man is not the comics; it's not the movies. They kind of play with elements of both, and but they form their own identity, their own voice, and their own version of Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. This just looks not. It looks like they didn't have enough independence and enough control of either side yeah. of the franchise, and they're just getting stuck somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like. Yeah, where we want you to still maybe suggest it's Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> yeah. or yeah. Chris Evans, but not really, because we don't want to go fully. This isn't a Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers yeah. adapt adaptation, but kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Now, so, as with like, Spider-Man, yeah. I still, because I remember, I was saying this before, I remember when Spider-Man's first trailer debuted. And I saw it's it's like all roses now, but I, at the time I saw nothing but well I want to see more than this vertical slice because it looks kind of gamey. It looks too gamey. I literally saw that quote like numerous times. And the then game it was looks too gamey. The game looks too gamey. Okay, well you know it looks kind of like Spider Man, but I don't know. I don't love the graphics. You saw all those same nitpicks because it's the internet. <laughs> like that's so I'm waiting till I see full gameplay to make my right. firm decisions and. To be fair, there are a lot of great things to to potentially love about this game. I mean, the fact that they're going to be continuously giving you DLC that is all free, which is nice. no loot yep. boxes, no, you know, none of that stuff. Like all the loot is going to come from the game. That is all cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I think 
the, I mean, you got a glimpse of Taskmaster in the in the game. Looks phenomenal. Abomination looks great. Uh, you got a glimpse of a, a different Iron Man suit uh, when he's in space, which is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And so, like, there's enough there to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, you know, all right, Internet. And Crystal Dynamics knows how to do character moments, even in adventure titles. In their past Tomb Raider things, they'll have a couple of central characters, but that's it. You really meet NPCs along the way just for that game or oh, that yeah. adventure. Because Tomb Raider has some... Yeah, fantastic characters, and yeah. you can watch the cutscenes. It's like watching a Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, if you just watch them all the way through. So I, they know how to do it exactly. Yeah, so it's there, mm-hmm. but we'll see. But like, and I know they said this is a totally new story, but based on the way that the trailer comes up, it looks like it's a bit Avengers disassembled in a way, which is a story that we haven't seen tackled anywhere. And so if it's got its roots sort of there, I think that could be really, really interesting. It did feel very Endgame to me after the time jump and yeah. like I was like oh, okay well yeah. it's like when uh it's like when games or the anniversary episode of Power Rangers did Dimensions in Danger after mm-hmm. Shattergrade I was like oh okay this is Diet Shattergrade <laughs> <laughs> this is Diet Endgame but okay whatever that's fine one part that was kind of concerning for me was they said you know in the description they said this is supposed to be a game you're going to play for years right they said it's going to be a shared yeah. universe you play yeah. for years and then you see a you see a debut like this and you're kind of like don't, don't get ahead of yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but we've seen that we'll promise there, so Destiny. many times. You know, we've seen it. It's been Destiny, Anthem, Fallout 76. We see that promise every single time, you know, Games as a Service comes out. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, I, I know that. on that raid a hundred times. So. I know they haven't confirmed it yet, and I think they're actively trying to, to not comment on it. But it sounds like it's already connected to Marvel Spider-Man. Like there's oh, already Reddit, enough. Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, already Reddit enough posts. big. Because he because Spider Man he he mentions it in the yeah. game. He mm-hmm. says that he thinks they're on the West Coast, and you know he talks about it. Yep. Um, I, mean, I hope it is. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and um, Taskmaster. Ta- the Taskmaster yeah. Yeah. The Avengers and there's some there's some weirdness there because you know Spider Man's a PS4 exclusive and all that. So, but they but, did. They also did go out of their way to say that PS4, PS4 gets the beta first. Would get could, gets the beta first, yeah, but yeah. would also get special stuff. They did say that. So, but here's the thing that I'm worried about: you get a cardiac downloadable hero. If, but like, what if? <laughs> I mean, this is this is pure. Like, may just be pure. You know, I may be worrying about nothing. Probably. But what if Spider-Man is yeah. only on the PlayStation 4 for this game? Well, I'm glad I own well, PlayStation 4. Yeah, I was going to say, I picked the yeah. right set. Yeah. Oh, right, whatever. All right. I have an Xbox, so go screw yourself. <laughs> I'm not getting a PlayStation 4. Like, so that sounds like for your podcast. Sounds like, but like that would be no, that, no worries over here. Podcast, <laughs> has a problem. But that, yeah. but that could be a very big, divisive thing for <laughs> the one man in his Xbox. Oh, yeah. right. PS4, I guess. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have that problem. <laughs> so, moving right along, let's talk about something for you Xbox types. Uh, you get spawned. Let's move along, because I think I, for Marvel's Avengers, I think we can put a fork in and say, like, we need to see that gameplay. Yeah. Like, soon. Right. Like, right. we need to see that gameplay. Like, if they didn't plan on doing it in a yeah. month, they should reverse it. Yeah, and we need to see, like, Thor's hammer. We need to see it all. Like, Cap Shield. We need to see all that. All right, um, so let's move on to other E3 things, Tanner. We got a little list here. Uh, for Xbox, here's some hope for you, Jim. Xbox Project Scarlet. Project Scarlet, yeah. It looked, I mean, we didn't see, you know. First of all, for anybody who doesn't know, what is Project Scarlet? Project Scarlet is, uh, it's not the final name, of course, but it's what they're calling the next generation of Xbox. So the Xbox 2, Xbox Zero, whatever they're going to call it, who knows. But right now it's Scarlet and it's a monster, apparently. It's basically an Xbox One on steroids. Yeah, yeah, it is. They said it's they said it's four times more powerful. I think four times more powerful than the Xbox One X, Jeez. which is that's Wait, pretty. Which nice. is already a monster. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to play you know games in eight K, 
uh, up to 120 <laughs> I FPS. I don't even have a TV, TV. that can snap. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome, yeah, but, you know. When, I love when next-gen consoles, like... <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're gonna buy this for five hundred bucks. But now that ten thousand dollar television, you're gonna have. To buy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people people that. say that PC gaming is like the most expensive one. I'm like, well, hold on, I need a new TV to use this. Thing. Yeah. Um, so this is the next gen Xbox. Next generation. It's coming out holiday uh, season 2020. So Jim, if we got a double while. down on bad decisions. Dude, the best news about this whole thing is it is fully. Backwards compatible. Fully backwards compatible. Which is awesome. All the way back Fully to Xbox. for the three Xbox exclusive games you need to play. I mean... Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the hell out of Duke Nukem Forever on my brand you, new oh, super-powered you Xbox. <laughs> You'll pop it in there once and be like, ah, oh, all right. <laughs> I want to see that upscaled Duke, baby. Eight, Duke Nukem in 8K. <laughs> we got to keep it moving. So that's the new Xbox. What's coming out for PlayStation? What are some of the big things we've seen? Nobody cares so far. So PlayStation, so PlayStation didn't go to E3 this year. You know, it's kind of we knew that. See, because they were scared. It's because they're getting ready. Scared, getting ready. No, that's what it is. But Final Square Enix brought Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Seven, right? That's Matt. That's Matt's game. Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, it's better than the whole Xbox right there. And it's also a PS. Was it a PS4 exclusive? Thank believe you. it is oh, yeah yeah, yeah uh, i think they're thinking it might be announced for pc but it has not happened yet so <laughs> uh which looks awesome we've been waiting for a date this one finally got a date of now i mean it's 2020 i know but for square enix games i for now it's march 3rd it's months like that is not that bad since we waited how long for kingdom hearts 3 well i mean what the original one came out in 97 right uh, 97 yeah, yeah. So, I was, I mean, at this point i put my months. life on hold it that. looks so good I by the my way life on hold oh it's so right. yeah the original oh, oh yeah. yeah it was so good you see i never played the original we had blizzards can't, like you know couldn't play it then the northeast so. we had blizzards back then and we had final fantasy 7 to keep us warm like yeah it was great so like no school. So you want to hear a, time. a behind the scenes thing real quick? Is this wait? But is childhood? this hold up? Is this are we also getting a Final Fantasy eight? Eight, remaster? yeah, they yes. announced. Oh, it. see, the, one the of the most slept on games. Eight is great. Ever was eight? Hey, that run. Yeah, yeah. Seven's not even <laughs> out yet. First year of college, they, I was in a single dorm room and I was just crushing that Final Fantasy eight. They saw the reaction of seven. They're like, all right, let's let's go yeah, ahead and move on. It, eight, eight is, is slept on. Eight yeah. is is great. But when someone pointed out. That the graphics were PS2. I was like, you realize uh, Final Fantasy VIII was a PS1. And right. Look at that game <laughs> right. and look at Avengers. I think there's a giant. See, after, after not playing, <laughs> after not playing the original game, and then seeing this trailer yesterday, I was like, okay, I need to play this one for eight or seven. Uh, for seven, because we haven't really seen much of eight yet. Yeah. Know? But uh, I'm gonna get some hate for this. But my first Final Fantasy game was 15, which a lot of people. Oh, I love. A lot of people hated. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't bad. And then when I saw this, I was like, okay, I need to come back and do this one. Because yeah. all I know of Cloud is that he just beats me around in Smash all the time. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's let's go see what Cloud's about. Yeah, yeah no, no, it looks so Cloud pretty. Atlas is powerful, man. It's good stuff. It looks so good. And Tifa got a, a spotlight, and oh my god, it looks they so went crazy. Uh, yeah. So Vincent, Sid, I need to see all of them. Yeah, so. it was good. So back to Xbox. What other big Xbox games have we got? Uh, the one, well, I'd say the most, the biggest one is Halo Infinite. Um, yeah, that's the one everyone's excited for. It's going to be launching. Alongside the new Xbox, I love those Halo so, games. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a big. That's a big way to launch the Xbox. And they had a good the trailer for that. That trailer, that was pretty, a good yeah. trailer. That's a great trailer. That is how you introduce the new Halo game. That was good. 
Marvel's um, Avengers. Take note. <laughs> yeah. Gears Five also looks that, which is the only reason I wanted uh, Xbox One. I can't. One. I can't. I, that's that I was love the thing. Gears. Gears. I can't. I can't still get into Gears. Like it's, so. So Gears of War Three was that was my high school game. That was my multiplayer game. I you know days days. I worth. totally forgot Gears Four had come out. I mean, yeah. it was good for 360. When I mean, when 360 first came out, I was up at night playing Gears all night. Like yeah, I was just starting work. It was my first apartment. I remember that. We did four player co op that whole game. Like mm-hmm. that was an event every oh, yeah. every night. The horde mode. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was awesome. And then it was good. And then it kind of teetered off because it was funny. The makers of uh, Judgment, which is the worst Gears game, <laughs> Judgment <laughs> came out with like a new game. I was like, oh, that looks better. And then four came out. I don't own an Xbox One, and that's the only reason I ever lamented it. And now this is coming September. I have an Xbox One, and I. No exaggeration, I'm going to brush the dust off my Xbox One and play Gears 5 when it comes out, because I will come back for that. Yeah, it, yeah, it looks good. good. It looks so good. I wish I lo- they'd shown more gameplay. I love that. The, the ter- like, people are hating on that Terminator skin. I think it's awesome. Terminator makes perfect sense yes, in Gears yeah. 5. A Terminator with the Lancer? Well, I mean, a Lancer? Yeah. A bit- and I agree. Come I wish on. they had showed more gameplay of the regular... Because they showed the escape mode, which was awesome, so cool. but they saved the escape mode gameplay until after the actual event happened. Yeah. And, you know... Loved watching. They had people like AJ Styles. And yeah, I saw that. Xavier but, Woods. But you could, t- you could just t- kind of tell they weren't really familiar with Gears as much. Ah. They failed the mission. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Tyler Breeze was the other one. Uh, it was yeah, Tyler Breeze. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm a Gears head. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump to the thing that annoyed me out of my seat today. Nintendo. <laughs> Talk about when Nintendo dropped. Because I was trying to do some work this morning, and everybody out here was freaking out. I was literally in a different room with headphones on at full blast and still got startled slash distracted by this stupid Smash Brothers reveal. Oh, yeah. It was a big one. Yeah. It was big. Um, yeah, they, I didn't know this was such a huge thing. I guess I'm out of touch with gaming over here. But I think it's been a bigger thing because Charlie has been standing Banjo-Kazooie for, like, the last yeah, six yeah. months. It's such a big reaction. And, and like... And so it was more a reaction to Charlie than I think anything else. <laughs> yeah, most but, triggered yeah. man in our office, Charlie Ridley, <laughs> like shook the floor and nearly like he looked like one of those dead like gifs of the like when you say dead and you send somebody a gif of that like that's what it looked like. <laughs> Charlie just like losing his mind about Banjo and Kazooie coming to Super Smash Brothers. But for, I mean, in, in Nintendo's defense, that was a really good reveal because they said next fighter is going to be here, and it started the whole thing with Dragon Quest Hero. And I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, that's that's cool. But then you thought it was done. And then later, Banjo pops up. And in the, the, in the most way. in the most epic trolling yeah, way. Right. Because they did the same way they revealed King K. Rule. It was King DDD at first. And then he took off the thing. And they did it the same way. It was, yeah. it was that's smart. smart. That yeah, was that's smart. So that was good. smart. That was good. And I think, the, okay, the next big thing from that, Zelda. Tell me about Zelda. Breath of the Wild sequel. Yep. And much more than that. There were a lot of Zelda. Uh, a lot, no, of Zelda. lot of Zelda stuff. Yeah. Um, Link's Awakening, the remake. It's got a release date now. Um, sequel's in development, so... Wait, is that uh, Zelda 2? Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? No. No, Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Yeah, what is that? Tell me about that. What's Link's Awakening? The remake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're remaking the original uh, Link's Awakening game. And that's Zelda 2, right? Uh... I think so. Yeah, okay. I believe so. The generations just fell apart. That was the side-scrolling one. The side-scrolling one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was Link. Yeah, that was Zelda two. That was like the first 
Zelda 2 was like the first unbeatable game that we ever got hit with on like the most highly anticipated un- unbeatable game for Nintendo. Yes, Link's Awakening was Zelda 2. Your yeah. face lit up when Yeah, because I because Zelda 2 is like the first game I ever like really poured in. I mean, Zelda came out 86, right? We got our Nintendos 86, 87 and it was like a smash hit. Then when Link's Awakening came out, it was a completely different game, like side scrolling these dungeons, and it was like nearly impossible to beat. Like it was so hard that you we you literally just like poured your life into just trying to get through this game, and you never did. Sorry, you gotta break yourself. You gonna play this remaster? Yeah. One. You'll be like, yeah. Why did I have such a hard time? I'm gonna be like so putting easy. a controller through the TV screen. You'd be like, how you're not so hard now? <laughs> yeah, like oh, I'm gonna God. have a lot of a lot of psychological stuff to work out with this. So. But it looks great. Yeah, the update. Update graphics and all that it looks beautiful. Awesome. So. Okay, I like that. Uh, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance three looks great. Looks better than the Avengers. <laughs> it does. I mean, like I can't argue. You can't <laughs> argue that. It does. I think, I think with that game, they kind of had the advantage too of like you knew if you played Ultimate Alliance before, you know what you're getting, right? Yeah. I mean, you knew what it was going to be. And they have. So, new, and, but what are the new characters? Like people. Elsa freaking about. Bloodstone. Matt, who are the new characters? <laughs> You tell us about all Bloodstone really? is in the game. Yeah. Yes, as a controllable character. Also, Elektra, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Don't don't cool don't reveal. roll <laughs> your eyes at Ghost Rider. Oh, hold, don't, don't. That was an awesome reveal. It Him was. riding up on the bike. That was great. Absolutely, it would have been cool if it was a mammoth. Would have been cooler if it was that Ghost Rider. Because oh, wouldn't that be awesome if there's like a skin and it's got a mammoth? That'd be oh nice. yeah, the right. That'd be awesome. Uh, so Elektra, uh, Beast. And then um, there was two that weren't confirmed as characters, but there were a lot of Novas in this game during one sequence, and you see a couple. And so it's kind of one of those things where, like, put two and two together. I imagine we will get a Nova, whether that's Alexander or whether that's Ryder or even, like, there's a couple other ones in here. Um, So we don't know, but it's not confirmed. Also, if you peek during down, like, uh, there's one part where Surtur is on there and Thor is here, and you see a little head and cape, and it actually looks like Valkyrie uh, towards the bottom. So Valkyrie looks to be in the thing, too. And if we do that right, they'll probably do a skin, and maybe they'll do a Tessa Thompson skin from the movie, which would be awesome if they do that. So, All right. so, so far, those are the confirmed characters. They showed Colossus and Cyclops during gameplay, too, but they're not. And labeled. even if the hero's not in there yet, they got DLC coming. So All I right. mean, they got a season pass. For Nintendo, know. last and always least, Luigi. <laughs> hey, hey now, Luigi's Mansion is a fantastic game. Oh, I know. It, it deserves to keep going. I, I'm that just making fun of Luigi because he always gets a short end of the stick, I feel like. He does. But Luigi's Mansion, I mean, the first one was what, for the GameCube, right? Yeah. That's right. That, I love that game. I, I beat it one. so it many times. Now, I didn't play the second one, Dark Moon or something like that. Didn't play that one. But Luigi's Mansion 3, absolutely going to be back for it. It looks so good. All right. So that's Nintendo. Now let's talk about, we're going to wrap this up with just a couple of the fun little anecdotes that have come out so far. Uh, two big things that have come out, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. We got some updates on that. So the reactions to that seem kind of split right now because it looks like a, kind of a normal adventure game just with some Star Wars thrown in there. It's, un- it's Uncharted, it's uncharted yeah. with laser swords. But then again, Uncharted is great and so are laser swords. So, yeah. you know... Well, yeah, I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> the great problem is that people wanted this game to be more like, um, oh, crap, what the hell were those games? Star Wars Force Unleashed? Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted them to be a game more like that rather than potentially a more straight up, less Force in- intrusive adventure, Star Wars adventure game. 
Which like, what I do understand. you mean less force? Well, like you can do some crazy, you could do crazy force stuff in Force Unleashed. Yeah, where I think this will be more a, a toned down version of. This is very. You're not going to be pulling star destroyers out of the out right. of the sky. And in I mean, I saw some hints of like stuff you could do. Like they said at one point, if you know you get shot with like a blast, you can stop the bolt in midair. And then pull someone else I in front of that. it to where it hits them, and that sounds, you know, cool. I just want to see it. I want to see all that stuff. You know. Oh, they did it on the right, right. But I was, yeah. I want to see more of that, yeah. like stuff this like that. Cool. I don't want that to be just the one. That's it. That's what you can do. Yeah, very puzzle heavy, as far as like moving stuff around, getting right. obstacles. Yeah, it, I can see the. I get the uncharted comparisons. It still looked good. I like the little droid. Uh, but like as far as the <laughs> little droid worried me a little bit. <gasps> it's I, oh. still, it's still a little weird. Also seeing Cameron Monaghan. Monaghan? Monaghan? Monaghan. I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, as like Monaghan. the main... Yeah. Like the main it is a little weird seeing these actors as the main it's characters It's like seeing now. Jerome or, or yeah. Burnthal. Because we have him, we got Burnthal, we have Norman Reedus. Um, yeah, it's a little weird. It's nice, though. And my man that I wanted to end with, Keanu. Keanu, Boy. showing up during Cyberpunk. Speaking yeah. of actors being That's in like the, one of the biggest things to come out of this whole thing so far. And my favorite, Keanu, just like owning gaming as a po- along Dude, with everything heck, else is he's so, owning right now. I'm so glad for him. Like this renaissance, yeah. or what do they call right. it? The There's like a term yeah. now. Kudos to whoever thought to render Keanu Reeves into game world because <laughs> like he's just killing it. Because like, uh, all, all CD Projekt had to do was just show us the trailer of Cyberpunk. That's enough. Yeah. People would have loved that. And then it ends and Keanu is there. I mean, and the trailer does look, I mean, it's only a cinematic trailer, but it's gorgeous. Don't care. It's fantastic. Yeah. Looks great. Um, <laughs> Looks yeah, I think Keanu at the end. And he's actually, he's not even a, they confirmed he's not even a cameo in the game. He's a major, he's like a, you know, major an important character, yeah. character in the game. They say he's an important one, so. Uh, so we can get around the weirdness of seeing an actor when it's done right. right way. Yeah, when they handle yeah. their image I mean, right what, way. Like, yeah, I want to play that game just so I can hang out with a digital <laughs> Keanu Reeves for like, or possibly combat yeah. a digital Keanu Reeves a for a couple hours. augmented, yeah. silver-armed Keanu? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Looking like he stepped out of Metal Gear Solid, you know? Like, yeah, I'm in for that, like, right there. So that sounds good with me. Tanner, anything else you want to wrap up, promote for uh, comic book gaming and just, E3? Just go to comic book gaming. We got a bunch of E3 content on there. We're putting out a ton every day. Go read it there. e is not over yet. All the conferences are over, but we got more to talk about. So Yeah, and by the time you probably hear this, we will have much more up there, so be sure to check it out. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you guys are just jumping into this episode and you want to get to know the show and uh, join this little starship with us, you can find new episodes on comicbook.com every Wednesday and Friday. In those uh, articles, you can find an R- a link to our RSS feed where you can subscribe to the show or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Playlist, Google Podcasts, and you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to play Comic Book Nation podcast, and it will fire it up for you. You can join the conversation about anything we're talking about by going on social media and hitting up the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can contact us individually. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Taryn Deadman. All right. And if you guys like the show, love the show, please go on to any one of these uh, platforms and leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on the show eventually and uh, send you guys some swag. If you have been doing that and we haven't gotten to it yet, please bear with because uh, we have a lot of content to cover in these shows right now. But uh, we will get to your reviews and we will be reading them. 
Also, uh, we started this a little bit ago, but if you guys want to ask us any questions, we've been far enough into the show. This is episode 39, so you can start to hit us up with some questions, and we will answer your questions once we have enough compiled. So, uh, yeah, hit up comic book, hashtag comic book nation and uh, send us any of your questions, and if it's, uh, we're legally able, we will answer them. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this episode. We hope to see you guys next time. This is Comic Book Nation. Glad to be riding with you. We're out. Deuces.